from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. I like that. I like it a lot. <laughs> Our producer suggested, hey, why do you do that by hand? Why don't you just build a template for that and drop it in every time? And I said, well, I don't know how. My producer's never here. Yeah, isn't that a producer's job I don't normally? Know. To produce things? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's fantastic, though, from what I hear. Never seen him. I've never <laughs> met him. Never seen him in action. Not once. We should just start renting the studio ourselves because we're in here by ourselves all the time. I mean, I thought it was our studio, like, oh, but sorry. what do I know? Not much. By the time I get here, it's always just you. Nobody else has left. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you, you do tend to get here a little on the after the time we set time, a little after that. Typically. I like to make sure every possible match is concluded before we start recording. That's not true. No, it's not. Oh, boy. Speaking of matches, good gracious. So, I mean... We've got a Masters 1000, r- exactly when it should be, smack dab at the beginning of winter, <laughs> and uh, for the men in Paris. Yeah, at least it is indoors, which makes some sense. Yeah, I bet you it's beautiful weather in Paris right now. What's the, di- <laughs> what's the difference? I don't know. Is Paris nice now? I have no idea. It's uh, probably 50s, I would think. Oh, that's, too, that's not good. <laughs> but I do think it's funny. We spent a month talking about how there was no tennis, and then all of a sudden, in one week, we've got... The year-end for the women and the ma- Masters for the men. Yeah, we've got everything. But is it everything? Well, and remember the last couple of years, that Masters for the men has been like a cavalry of no one. I couldn't think of how to phrase that, but there was people we hadn't heard of were playing and winning. Yeah. Well, Jack I- Sock. <laughs> Catching off won it last year, which I don't even remember. That's how yeah. irrelevant that tournament is, again, if the big three aren't in there. Right. So uh, my theme... For the Paris Masters. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I thought you were going to do the backing up. <laughs> no, no. No. We, that we've was got, two years ago, theme. We, yeah, we've got different news about Jack Sock. That's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, no, so we let them. We, this tournament is exactly what we thought it would be. And all the next gen let them off the hook. They did. And it's what we said the only way that a next gen could win, we had. One big three not play, which again tells you how important the tournament is when one drops out. Right. One withdrawal, so you only got one left that you got to beat, and he played uh, you know, two next geners in a row and lost uh, like eight games, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and it, what's sad is, I mean, Tsitsipas is obviously going to be in the year-end Masters, but how can he feel good about his year when you just lost one and two? Like you can't feel good about that losing not true i disagree because (laughs) i think they know what we know oh they well that's what's but that doesn't mean they feel good about it like how can you what i mean is how can you feel confident about your oh prospects when you're losing that badly because he feels good about getting up to the point where he competes against a big three and then the rest doesn't matter yeah that's it that's it it's almost like you're right it's almost like they're all going to be content with number four until you know 
one of those guys is gone. Yeah. And then they're playing for three, and then they're playing for two, and then eventually they're playing for number one. Right. And they're 30. By the by, what's Novak playing for right now? Oh, the prestigious year-end number one ranking. Yeah, it, we think it's dumb, but right. in this particular situation, this particular year, he doesn't. Right. So he, he plays Paris and wins it. Yeah. Just like that. <sighs> and I thought he couldn't win. I thought even if he won this and the year end, he was out of the running, but apparently I was wrong. Um, I don't know what he has to do Strange. at the year end to advance. <laughs> I don't know what he has to do at the year end to advance to be number one, but obviously winning it would, would I would think, be it. I guess. I don't care. And I, Nadal doesn't care either. Or he would have played the semis and beaten Shabavalov with one wrist. Right. No, it still could have. Well, again... It, you know, the bottom line is... But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. They don't even have them on the hook. <laughs> They're not even really fishing. I was trying to think when you... I'm like, well, yeah, except they never they never had them yeah. at any point. It's not even... I mean... It, well, and who was the one guy we said could knock them off? Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, who lost first round. Right. Um, which, I mean, I'm not going to criticize him for that. He's had incredible last four months, but... Well, listen, what... It, I don't know if you have, because you're not that bright, but I certainly have tempered my thoughts about him. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, he had... Could he be? Yes, he could be. Right. Mm, but he's not yet. Because I think all you can go through all those guys, and they all have a signature win or two. Zverev doesn't have any at slams, but he's got masters right. and things. But they've all got big, like team beating Djokovic at the Roland Garros. Right. You know, Medvedev... In 40-mile-an-hour wins. <laughs> Tsitsipas beating Federer at the Australian, or U.S., whichever one it was. I can't remember. It doesn't um, matter. But like you said, it's like that's where the, the quote comes in. It's like they got they did something that we're like, oh, man, here they are, and then they let them off the hook. Right. Uh, that, so. Yeah, I, that's what we thought about Medvedev, that, okay, here's the next guy. That's not what we thought about him. That's what I'm waiting to find out. Right. Uh, I'm not going to predict, and, and I haven't. But it is is fun to see, oh, another young guy who this guy, I mean, he. De I will say this about Medvedev, um, that he does seem to have a little more joie de vivre, you know, in terms of, like we said at the outset today, everybody else is resigned to the fact that they can't, they're not at the level of the big three. I don't, I don't think Medvedev, really thinks that because i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me <laughs> nobody likes him right but that's part of it yeah but i think that you know if Federer has an off day at this point in his career he's beatable i think if djokovic and nadal and, and even if Federer has an on day you can still hold serve against him if nadal and djokovic are on it's hard to win games i mean it's like it's I mean, Djokovic beating Tsitsipas two and one. That Federer's not beating anybody two and one anymore. I don't think he's trying to though. No, I know. I think I think he likes to go Pete Sampras style, right? Which is you know hold serve, get up a break, and then lay back in the cut, ease through, and win a quote unquote routine set. But I mean, he's he had a stage in his career where he was winning, you know, sure. two one and two. Yeah. Um. But so what I mean by that is I don't even think that. If Tsitsipas plays his best, he is even close to Djokovic if Djokovic plays his best. 
And Agreed. same with Nadal. Agreed. Um, so just the fact that he's beating Federer. Well, and Shapovalov is coming along. I mean, he beat Nadal. Oh, right. <laughs> he beat him W to, to O. <laughs> He does have a he does have a career high ranking, whatever that is, somewhere in the twenties. Forty eight? No, no, <laughs> no. All they're all four to me. They, <laughs> right, ranking it. You get one, two, three, and then twenty seven guys are ranked four. I don't care. And it if you matter. add them all up, they don't equal three. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's the part that's depressing. I mean, and I, the end of the year is always depressing to me because it's like it never builds into the next year like right. if medvedev won this year in tournament coming up to me that would build interest for the next year well okay to trick people into liking tennis yes right but i don't really care about that to be honest with and you. i don't think those top three care that much either well and if our and if our whole you know uh revamped schedule were to come about no it wouldn't matter right because nobody cares that touchdown tom <laughs> you know uh won the super bowl last year he's got it's my quarterback he won. It's not my quarterback. I was about to say. I hate that pretty son of a gun. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Um. But beating Nadal on an indoor hardcore either isn't that revolutionary. Yeah. Not in the end of the year right. when he's beat up. I think they were showing like he's forty. Djokovic had is like again. I'm gonna completely mess up the numbers, but they were showing indoor wins, like indoor hardcore wins, and I want to say Djokovic had almost a hundred. And Nadal had like 20, which right. just shows you how little he cares this time of year and plays. Right. Uh, not that he's that much worse than Djokovic on an indoor hardcore. He just doesn't play. Right. Right. And I think it is a travesty oh, that it's always man. indoor hardcore at the end of the year, too. But I don't know. It does kind of fit with the weather. It does. And, you know, where we are. Right. And where a lot of people are, but not. Where, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Let's check the weather in Paris, shall we? <laughs> um, so anyway. But it could be indoor clay. They could rotate it. Now, listen, I will tell you this. Call me crazy. You're but crazy. I am. Is Dimitrov coming along? Is he flipped a switch and turned oh, it around? He's looked amazing this year. I'm telling you. And I kind of don't know what happened to him in the last couple months, but this looked like his U.S. Open form. Uh, I have heard people say he's playing the best tennis of his career. Yeah. But it was still the same. And I watched a little bit of his match with Djokovic, and I think the one thing that I was still missing when watching him is what is your strategy to beat Djokovic? Cause they were rally, rally, rally. And then he would miss. Yeah. Which, um, but I he mean, got to a tie break. So he was obviously doing some good things, right? But it just made me wonder like, and again, I don't think anybody has a strategy to beat Djokovic necessarily. Well, there's a guy right there. Um, Dimitrov, Dimitrov that could have added to the depth. If he, if he would have maintained his, his level of improvement, over his career instead of having a year and a half or two years. I don't know. How long did he fall off? This uh, ball, man. It was a long time. It was at least two years. I don't know. Just whatever I feel like he's 26, 27. He may not be. He's 40. But that's what it feels like. He's a man. He's 40. But he did. I think you mentioned one episode. He got to three in the world, I think. Um, but I think that's the other problem is once these guys get to three, it's like that's the way most people feel when they get to one. Like they get to three and they're like, okay, that's as high as I'm going to get. And then they falter and drop. I mean, the amount of different guys that have been three or four in the last five years is probably how, 20. How did you know what the weather in Paris is? I, I know You're a lot more than you think. Idiot. Which isn't saying that much. But. No. <laughs> uh, it is high of 56 today. Look at that. See? Or tomorrow, whatever it was. But that is a little too cold for outdoor tennis yeah. for the high. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not. To get people to come watch. Well, so Dimitrov, I mean, to me, 
that that is what has been the only thing that's really intrigued me in in the quote unquote off season. I, I know I'm talking about watching tennis in the off season. It doesn't make sense. I get it. But I see I'm over him already. That to me he he's I'm already moved past. Like I know he's not that old, but I just feel like his window is closed. And maybe I'll be wrong, he'll open it back up. But to me he's in that same category as Chilich and Nishikori, like even though he's a little bit younger, but I'm like, you had your opportunities. Why are you so mean? <laughs> he's 28. Yeah, but I, but who wins their first slam after age 28? Anybody that's coached by Andre Agassi. <laughs> you cannot think of a better person to coach somebody in his position. And listen, he hit rock bottom. And yeah, but he also won one at 19 or 20. Won what? A slam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the only thing I... And again, I know we're a different era. People are better older. You know, people are peaking later. But it's like, I don't know that you can win your first slam at 28, 29. And if you do, I mean, Warinka was probably the closest. I don't need him to w- win his first slam. I need him to be a threat to beat anyone, including the big three. Yeah. That's all that matters to me. Well, um, what's funny is I think he lost three or four slams in a row to Warinka. So... That seems to be his kryptonite. If he doesn't play Warinka in those slams, maybe he goes deeper in all of them. I well, think every, except for the U.S. Open, that's all he lost to. I'm going to tell you right now, clearly the physical is not the issue. And if he can get his mind right, if Dimitrov can get his mind right, like Agassi had his mind right, yeah, then I, I see no uh, reason why Grigor can't ascend above all of the next geners. Oh, I don't I don't disagree with he that. He turned pro in 08, so he is a whatever. Like <laughs> whatever's pre-gen. Yeah. He's before first the next gen. First, he's first gen. Um so to me no, I he's he's somebody on the older spectrum, kind of like Medvedev on the younger spectrum that I have hope that are, is going to disrupt the status quo here. Well, and he destroyed team I mean, three and two, um, who's supposed to be, you know, still one of the next big things. Yeah. I, I will say this tournament, I sort of saw some guys fading, and I'm worried about them for the future, like if it's a sign that they're going to go away. Monfi being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Schwartzman. Schwartzman's not that old, but Bautista, Goot. We saw some guys that I'm thinking they're Isner. They might be there. Their time might be By the way, um, 2017, he was still dope. Grigor. Yeah, I mean... His career high was in 2017, in November. Was it three or four? Three, what yeah. did I say? No, a three is what I thought. Yeah. We talked about that before. Because that was the period when somebody was out injured. Djokovic, maybe. Um, And I think that's... He dropped from three probably near 100. So it's been a long climb back. And he's still got a lot of points that he's not defending coming right. up. So he could move up in the top eight or ten easily yeah i just want to and and again i don't care one bit about the number beside his name i care that he's beating those guys so to me if he walks out there and he's beating guys like team zverev etc then by the way i found out somebody who's got horrendous volleys besides zverev who Shapovalov. Oh, yeah. Oh, my right. goodness. That was horrendous. Well, I'm just reading one of the dumbest stories ever. It says, Djokovic broke a tie with Federer Nadal for the most big titles on Sunday. What Whatever does that, that mean? I have no idea. But he now has 55, 
So I guess Federer and all both have 54. So there was a three-way tie for 54. Now, I don't know if that means a big title. Is, okay, here it says a big title is a trophy at a Grand Slam, the Nito ATP Finals, or a Masters 1000. It's the first time that Federer has trailed either Djokovic or Nadal in the big titles race. Yeah, he's getting old. So what? And we've already said Djokovic is going to pass both those guys in every category. And I think, I think year-end number one is an important category to him. We're seeing. Um, For that reason? You know, I don't know. Stat catching? He gave, a, he gave a, an interview saying he wasn't chasing those guys, and I don't believe it. Yeah, that's a lie. He's, you know. But is he chasing them in every category? I'm not sure. Why not? I mean, every bit of ammo. We like I've I I said this on Twitter. Maybe today it's Sunday. Maybe today, uh, or was it yesterday? I can't remember. But uh, somebody mentioned something about jo- Djokovic passing. I, I can't remember what the tweet was about. I have my phone right here, but I'm not going <laughs> to look. Um, well, that's one thing I want us to do an episode on the off season is who our number one through five are. Because we talk about it so much. All time? Yeah. Like, as of the end of 2019, who are the top five of all time? And I think we would have, we'd probably have four of the same five on both of our lists, but the order would be a lot different. And I think for me, the clear answer for the future is Djokovic. But would I say that at the end of 2019? That's, that's up for debate. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well... But I just think that's funny, big titles. I mean, we all know Grand Slams are the first, second, third criteria, and then you add Masters after that. Big titles. Because if big titles wasn't, were that big. important, Federer wouldn't have dropped out to the chance to play for a big title. Yeah. And I still think one of them, either Federer at all, will drop out of the end of the year, the ATP final. Well, Federer's already dropped out of the ATP Cup. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. By the way. Um and I don't even know what that is, to be uh, honest. Nobody cares. It's not the Davis Cup. Nope. But I don't know what it's for if it's nope. not the Davis Cup. Mm-mm. No idea. And that may be the first shoe to fall in that story because he might just be one of many that drop. Yes. Agreed. Because it's not. it doesn't also behoove him to have multiple team events that are popular. Because right now he's got Labor Cup, which is second to Davis Cup. Right. So why would he want another cup to get a lot of popularity and weaken his case for being the best team exhibition event? By the way, doubles, all right, is a microcosm, big word, there it is, there's the one, for the men's tennis singles in general, when I call it the weakest error, because somebody just out of nowhere can show up and make it deep that aren't doubles players. So you have Rubalev and Hatchinoff making it to the finals. How did they even get in? Uh, who cares? <laughs> because it just shows you that if the top players played – the, the top 10 rankings would look dramatically different. Well, and it shows them as unseated. I thought there's only eight teams. <laughs> so how can they be unseated? What are you talking about? I'm no, 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 at, no. I'm talking about for Paris. Oh, that's right. This is in the year end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The, but, yeah, they beat, a, but yeah, they beat several seeds on the way, I'm sure. Yeah, so they're, yeah, so they beat, um, they beat the, let's find them here. Hatching off. No, they beat well, one. They beat the eight seed in the, in the final. That's it. That's all they Or beat. in the semis, I mean. But they didn't play the three because they got beat. They didn't play. Yeah, they did. They played the the eight C. That's it. They yeah. only played the eight. They didn't play anybody else. But like you said, the C's don't even matter anyway. The six and three lost. 
before they got to them. And then they lost 11-9 against the number seven seed, a bear and Mahu, who are one of the top teams, you know, in the last however many years. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to take a shot at doubles before we move on to real tennis, and that's women. <laughs> now, before we start, let me just say, I would have gotten all my picks right if it wasn't for the pulling out business. Yeah, and one thing I learned about that, by the way, is that when you when someone pulls out and they put a replacement in, that replacement doesn't get credit for what the person they replaced did. So I guess at that point, they're literally just playing for the money. Interesting. Yeah, so Burton's took Osaka's place, I believe, and Osaka, I think, had won a... At least a set. I know she'd at least want a set. And then when Burton's played and beat Barty, they didn't. She didn't get credit for Osaka's set. So it was pretty. I thought that was kind of interesting. I just assumed if you take somebody's place, you would get credit for what they did because you're in that slot. Hmm. Otherwise, you know, why even have the match? Yeah, but if you pull out and somebody slots in, you shouldn't get. What? What if Osaka was two and zero? I know that's the problem. And one all sets zero and zero, <laughs> and now she pulls out, and they put me in. I shouldn't be in the semis automatically. Yeah. So it, it's just to keep the fans happy, right? That's they, really all. And and they offer the replacement a lot of money if they like. I think you get two or three hundred thousand dollars per win or something crazy. So it's worth it for Burton's. Yeah, but it's taxed at ninety eight percent. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was odd because I, because you had like three players with a losing record at that point. Um, so it was kind of strange to see that. And they basically said Burton's had to win both her matches in straight sets to advance. So, so Andrea Eskew pulls out. And how depressing is that? Because she's by far the hottest thing in women's tennis, maybe besides Coco, but careful. <laughs> oh, you mean, okay. Uh, I and you. she just cannot string together, you know, three or four tournaments in a row. Yeah. Which is which is frustrating. Yeah, so she pulled out, which is a bummer. But uh And that's with a day off between matches too. And my uh my other pick uh didn't go so well. I thought I thought it was gonna go terribly, then it thought it was gonna go well, and then I thought it was gonna go terribly. And that's <laughs> Halep loses the first set. And I don't know how quick it was, but it was it was it was quick. It was six zero, <laughs> and Darren Cahill comes out and tell tells her she's being a, she's a disgrace. That wow, for, or her her effort or something. I, I wish can't I would have seen that. Yeah, uh, YouTube. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> uh, and so he told her she was disgraceful, or you know, her parents didn't love That's her. The coach she wanted back. <laughs> something. Yeah, and then she turns around and wins the next set six two, and then ultimately loses six four, but. It was definitely a switch night and day. Huh. And you're telling me you don't want coaching? You would rather have two disgraceful <laughs> O&O sets? When no, you... if she can't pull it together on her own, she doesn't deserve to win. Fine, fine. So next time <laughs> next time your stupid Cowboys play a game, they need to get just have their coach. Well, that would help. If actually. you're going to use a football reference... Yeah, I know you're not in favor of coaching in football because if the Patriots didn't have Belichick, they wouldn't have won for the last 15 years. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, no, I, I don't know. I mean, between sets, I'm okay with it, actually, because that's like a new deal. I don't know. I just... Okay, so you're good with coaching, and but that's your line. 
Yeah. I think because what's to stop from saying, okay, now it's once a set. Well, then what if it's twice a set? And what if it's every changeover? Yeah, it uh, should be on the sideline. It should be nonstop. <laughs> like Just Labor like, Cup? Like college. Not like Labor Cup. Labor <laughs> Cup is dumb. Well, there's no actual coaching involved in Labor Cup. They just, just say cheering. No, they just say cuss words to get ratings. Right. Wow, Feder said the F word. <laughs> what? We've never heard that before from a tennis player. Mirka has. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, he's Swiss. He's neutral. He's not. He's very peaceful. But so you could argue that Halep won that second set because she has a better coach than whoever she's playing. Yeah. Well, get a better coach. <laughs> well, and in the top eight, also, they all can afford good coaches. So. Well, again. First of all, so what? I don't care. Because the <laughs> bottom line is that Cahill can't go out and actually hit tennis balls for her. So yeah. ultimately, you still have to be able to do it. And Darren Cahill could coach you against Halep, <laughs> and it wouldn't help well, at all. And like I said, it doesn't even sound like he did her anything. It did anything with strategy. It was more of just a motivation. Uh, he told her, yeah, he told her a little bit, back off the baseline, quit trying to, okay. you know, um, hit with her, get a little more height and depth. Yeah. So he did, but mainly he said, quit, quit being destroyed. sucking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why are you awful? You make me sick. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's whatever. It's, this is a special event, so I don't mind it. Well, the bottom line is, like I, I've always said, the number one reason is that's a perfect example. 06 to 62. Yeah. A disgraceful display to and what and ultimately that's what we want. We want the best possible match to happen. Hello, you play to win the game. And if that outcome is, you know, more uh exciting and and more even and more competitive, then it helps tennis. You Seeing a 6-0 piece of garbage <laughs> does not help our game. You sound like Kyrgios' coach slash umpire from his match where the umpire <laughs> said, <laughs> can trying. you give us a better match? <laughs> um, so that's what I mean. It's it's the player's job to make the match better, not the coach's. Um, and there's no we don't know what would have happened if he didn't coach her in that second set, so that's the other yeah, who knows. Well, of course. But it's what's interesting is I'm sure that other player got coached after the second set. <laughs> So maybe she said they said something to turn her around. Well, then it was 6-4. Right. So worked out exactly as I predicted. I do think it's comical that there's no consistency between, you know, for team, high school, we allow coaching. For college, we allow coaching. For any team of events on TV, we allow coaching. And then when it's individual, all of a sudden we don't allow coaching. Yeah, because junior tennis, no coaching. Like right. USTA individual tournaments, no coaching. Yeah, so uh, you can coach in between the second and third set. Right. right. But now with those third set tie breaks, you can't if they're not playing the third set out, Aha. which is also silly. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You've played two sets. What's the difference between what you're going to play? You're coaching them after the second set. So anyway, we're yapping about not women's tennis once again because you're <laughs> sexist. Um, so ultimately, we ended up with Ash Batty, um, the one winning it over the defending champion, Svitolina. Who I predicted to make it to the semis, by the way, because she was the defending champion. I'm sure I did too, right? No, you, you said sure? Halep. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got the outcome that we wanted. In theory, you want the best player to win the year in tournament. Right, and obviously Osaka would have made it, and Halep would have made it if we wouldn't have all this turmoil. She couldn't focus. That's what it was. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I think that's what we wanted, and uh, I didn't even know that Kennan was the replacement for uh, for Osak for Andreescu. And she brought it. She brought it. She lost, but it was a tree setter. No, it wasn't. It was five and six. Yeah, but it was a tight twelve ten in the breaker. Yeah, but see, that's kind of annoying too. If Kennan had won that and knocks Vitalina out, that would be bogus to me. Um, like you said, I get why they do it for the sake of the fans, but it's inevitably it's going to screw someone over somehow, which is not the tournament's fault. It's the player's fault for dropping out, but it's, uh, it's never fair when the players are playing different people. That's the whole point of a round robin is that you all play the same people. Right. To get it. Yeah. Playing the same opponents gives you a clear indication of how you did against the same competition. Theoretically. Yeah. So luckily Svitolina won. And then we had another retirement. I mean, this, We'll get into this more in the offseason, too, but this schedule, the fact that, I mean, how many retirements did we have this week between the men and the women? It's ridiculous. I know. I know. It's, and, and withdrawals with Federer. And, I mean, well, and don't, yeah, and just wait for, for the men's uh, year end. Who knows? And Benchich retired in the, in the middle of a match, 4 1 in the third. She battled for the last several weeks just to get in the tournament. And then, you know, she couldn't finish. It's, it's, it's a joke. Right. And, I, you know, I, ta- I brought this up to a friend. And I just said, I hate the fact the season's 11 months. And she said, oh, I love it. There's just tennis on all every, every week. You got tennis on TV. I'm like, yeah, but you don't get a time. You'd have get an opportunity to miss it. Like one of the things I love about football being gone is you're like counting the days. You know, it's, oh, it's three more weeks, two more weeks, one more week. In tennis, we, it literally is going to be about 10, 10 days, 15 days. And that's during Christmas. So who cares? You're not even thinking about it. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I um, and you never have the full field. I mean, when football comes back, everybody almost is healthy for the first week because they've all if the, in the ones that were injured had enough time off. I mean, tennis. We start the season and people are injured still from the last season because it's such a short uh, intermission. Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. But it does make you wonder how the big three have been able to do it for fifteen years. <laughs> uh. And then people like Benchich and everybody else. I think mean, we're seeing that's why Serena and Federer are doing it. They play half as many tournaments per year that the other players do. And I think that just the luxury of having so much money that you don't need to play those tournaments and make the money. Yeah. Well, if we had our schedule, which again, we need to go in more depth. We need to do that soon over the winter. Go into more depth. Yeah, with the actual calendar. Actual calendar, actual locations, tournaments, you know, et cetera, and uh, including Davis Cup, including yeah. uh, Fed Cup, including both year-ends and, uh, and quote-unquote, off-season. Well, and it only matters for the top 20 players because they're the ones going deep in all the tournaments. Yeah. If you're number 50 in the world, the schedule doesn't matter because you're playing one or two tournaments, one or two matches a week, and you're out. So who cares if the schedule's 11 months? Because you're playing 25 matches a year, but when you're talking about guys that are guys and ladies playing 70, 80 matches, it's crazy. At least the women now—they're two weeks earlier than the men. They're done. I mean, they have a two-month break where there's basically nothing. There's probably some Fed Cup something, or you know, at some point. But besides that, they're pretty much done until early January when all the Australian Open warm-ups start. Yeah. Oh goodness! Well, one thing uh, I've been doing here—I was kind of quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm scouring. I mean, scouring 
the rankings. <laughs> and I can't find somebody. Uh-oh. A female? No. Oh. Who could it be? Um, well, somebody that hasn't been out, somebody we haven't seen for a while? Nope. Oh. I can't find them. No, that's what I mean, because they haven't played for a while. <laughs> apparently. Like Del Potro or somebody. Apparently, from his career high of number eight at the end of 2017. Oh, not Tip Sarah, but, Oh, 2017. Jack Sock is now out of the rankings. That's interesting. Apparently. So he lost, and he is... Now, I don't know if he's retired, but he retired from a match. Well, he, but, and he didn't... Did he win a match this year? He won that stupid Labor Cup match, which doesn't count for rankings, obviously. I what? don't. I don't think he won a ATP match in 2019. So that could be why he's at technically zero. He's got to be in the doubles rankings. So according to Tennis.com. Sounds bogus. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to uh, Tennis.com, uh, let's see, a year of disappointment on the singles court. Yes, that's true. Um, he has a 1,000 ranking points at stake, and if he doesn't defend those at Paris, which he didn't, um, then he will drop out of the rankings. Yeah, see, I see him 37 in doubles. Yeah, you're right. In singles, he doesn't show up. Well, he's got to uh, he's got to focus on doubles, I think. And he couldn't get in. I mean, he couldn't have gotten in Paris anyway. He might have tried to qualify or something. I thought you got ranking points for qualifying, but maybe you don't. Well, he reti- I think he retired, and I'm not sure, sure where he retired. But anyway. Well, see, when I click his name, it shows him at 253. Right, as of when? It says October 28th. It shows his record as one and four this year. So he got one win wow. somewhere. Where possibly could he have gotten a win? <laughs> God, he's playing like... Well, see, most of these are doubles. He lost first round of qualifying in ATP. Yeah, I mean, he's... I hate the way by the way this uh, ATP site is to try to look up people's records because it always shows their last match of a tournament. Right. Like it doesn't show how they did in the tournament beforehand. Oh, he won in Tokyo in September. He won his first round match. There you go. Turn it. Make turnarounds coming. Making a <laughs> making a big change. And then he lost to the number 127 in the world. Oh, he also beat. Uh, let's see. It said he was one and four. So how does he have two wins here? Oh, he beat Sousa at the U.S. Open. So he did make second round of U.S. Open. There you go. And he won a couple rounds in Washington, so he's won. Never mind, I'm on the wrong person. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, on his, I was on his doubles partner, not him. Uh, yeah, he beat Fonini at the Labor Cup. Oh, so they're counting that as his one win on the ATP website, but I don't think you get anything for that. Wow. So he had, you're right, he has zero wins in 2019. I don't understand how he has a, how he has a point. He got a bye in a tournament in Fairfield in October and a tournament in Vegas in October. He lost to, listen to this, he lost to the number 449 player in the world two weeks ago. What was the score? 7-6 and then 0-1 he retired. Wow. And he lost 6-3 in the third to 340 in the world the week before that. 
So how do you, you go from, you beat the 11 player in the world and two weeks later you lose to 340. That is impressive to say the least. Yeah, so this year he has not won an official tour match. Again, I, mean, I don't see how Labor Cup could count because it's that an is exhibition. an epic, I mean, since backing in to the year-end championships, <laughs> that's it. The only thing I can think of is maybe because the 2019 isn't officially over yet, maybe he got something at the end of 2018 that's still on there, but they are assuming he's done for the year, so that's why he's going off officially. Right. I don't know. You just hear things, and that's what I thought I heard on the commentators. And that, see, if he goes to amazing. doubles only, we won't see him at all because they don't show doubles. Um, oh, no. And what would you do if you were him? I mean, would you literally just say, I'm doubles only? Yeah, of course. Even yes. though you even though you made it to number eight in the world, you would just think, I can never get anywhere close to that again, so I'm not even going to try? Well, where is he at right now? Is, <laughs> is he in the top 100? Not even no. close. Top 200? No. Top 300? No. Top 400? <laughs> no. All right. I think so. we have the same ranking. Uh, me yeah, and Jack Sock. Maybe same number of wins this year. Um, I mean, he, I hate when announcers say that. By the way, what that line? Like we have the same number of points in this game, uh, or, right, right, oh, right. and also I've got the same amount of wins over Federer as he does. And also the line that they always use in football, which is he broke that t- so wide open he was still running. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we got it. Like Barry Sanders is still running under the you know through the end zone. I get tired of that too. Well, when they actually do run through the tunnel, you can say it. Right. Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, the bottom line, I mean, Jack Sock, it seems like he's singles for him is finished. I got no more use for this guy. <laughs> finished. Perfect. Yeah, and... Are we sad about that? Well, just, I'm gonna, I don't know if I've said this publicly or not, but I have a bet with a friend, and we had to name... So this tells you I'm not anti-Jack Sock, by the way. But we had a bet that we had to make a list of who we thought would be the top five players at the end of 2020. We made it like three years ago. And I had Jack Sock in the top five. Which is not, it's still possible. <laughs> I also had, yeah. I also had Team and Zverev, which even those aren't looking good. No. Um, I might be 0 for 5. I had McEnroe and Sampras. <laughs> well, and... Neither of us, me or my friend, had Federer at all because three years ago, who would thought who would have thought Federer at all would be in the top five at the end of twenty twenty? Um, well, if you do another five year bet, now you know. Yeah, I'll still pick them. Unbelievable. But so I, I'm not going to give up on him yet and say he can't have a ranking. I mean, that's pretty low. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But but you have to doubles to, only, baby, and you have to be able to get in the tournaments to get a ranking. That's a thing. True. And who's going to give him wild cards? Well, we might be seeing him in Dallas in two months. he might have to get a wild card to get in that that's that's horrible yes not good well and then i also always wondered how this worked so he's 37 in the world in doubles which basically means he can get in almost any tournament but so you have to go to those events but then you can't get in the singles so that there's no way to build up your singles ranking like if you go to right you know whatever the next even the australian open okay great you're in the doubles draw but you can't get in the singles because you're no unranked or 500 or whatever it is yep that's true. So I don't. He won't even have time to build up his singles because he'll always be playing doubles. Yeah, he's finished. <laughs> doubles only. Double specialist. But to circle back, I was very happy that Barty won. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I think that makes it. It solidifies. Right. Yeah. Number one, she won slam. Won a slam. Won the year end. Like that's the clear number one this year. Right. There's no debate. 
I mean, I like you can it. always debate Serena, but you know, she didn't play anywhere near enough to be in that conversation. She didn't make the top eight. Right. Well, I uh, I think the culmination of the year exemplified the year. Right. You know? Um, and so that's fun to see that the, the best players, it wasn't a fluke of the ranking system. You know, we actually got to see the players who achieved the most also compete at the end and then the the number one player win. And I would be, I bet in the last 10 years, it hasn't happened more than twice where the number one players won the year end. Because Serena hasn't cared about number one. <laughs> right. She's and just come back and, and Wozniacki, Wozniacki's been number one, you know, a couple times. Halep's been number one, I'm sure. So I bet, like Svitolina definitely wasn't number one last year. She's never been number one. Right. So I, I bet it hadn't happened that often. So that's exciting. I like it. All right. That's tennis. We squeeze some tennis out. There's some real tennis, though. I, I'm anti, you know, a Paris Masters in the middle of winter. <laughs> However, it gives us content. Well, and it was like, all day because you had doubles at the year end, which they insisted on showing. Right. And then you had year end singles. So you basically had six matches a day minimum that you had every day. So and it then, was basically on at all time and, and all then, hours of the day too. Right. And then replays and, right. you know, China, it's like two weeks. It's like February 19th in China right now. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And uh, the time difference. So you had, yeah, you had tennis. You didn't catch it live. You could catch replays. Right. And uh, hide from your phone like you do your entire life because you record everything. <laughs> I was reading a, a, some kind of post about dumb Twitter posts, and one of them said, just learn that China's 12 hours ahead of us. Why the heck didn't they warn us about 9-11, those jerks? <laughs> <laughs> and I, apparently they were serious. Um, so this was a, one of the articles about dumbest tweets ever or something. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm far behind, but not that bad. That's a good reason not to be on Twitter also. <laughs> you have people that, you know... That sounds are, like a great reason to be on Twitter. If the posts are like that, I want to read them all. They're not that bright. Yeah. In a book. All right. <laughs> so the quicker we end this podcast, the less, uh, the less I can hit these buttons for these sounds. No, that, no let's, let's go. Better for everybody. Anything else? <laughs> That's it. I think the corners are over. I don't even know why I ask you about they those. Are, they're, they're, they're dead finished. end. <laughs> dead end. <laughs> Corey's dead end. <laughs> Corey's dead end. Uh, your career. All right. <laughs> well, I think every time I'm driving here. He's yeah, nice. How far have you fallen? <laughs> I'm making fun of Jack Sock to hide my own pain. Yes, but also because he deserves it. Yes. Anyway. All right. Well, that is it. You're in men's next. That's right. And no Masters 1000 for the women. <laughs> that would really, that's the next thing to happen. Yes. Have a year in Masters after the year end. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. Yes. All right. So Twitter, Tennis Rev Pod. Instagram, Tennis Revolution Pod. You see what we did there? You <laughs> Still see growing? Uh, who knows? <laughs> it's, it's not tennis people. Uh, I'm following like Chamber of Commerce is for Caribbean <laughs> islands because all I do is look at it and dream of being away from you. Um, and, uh, and so like companies affiliated with Chambers of Commerce's of Caribbean islands will send me crap. You know, so now a rum company is following come me visit now. here? That kind of thing? Uh, no, I don't know. It's like a rum company that's like probably, it's probably not even a Caribbean rum company. They just slapped a <laughs> right. Caribbean name on it. Yeah. And then now they're following me and I'm whatever. I don't know what they're doing. So no more tennis people. Get on it, people. Follow us. Yeah. On Tennis Revolution, at Tennis Revolution Pod. 
on Instagram. Do it. You won't regret it. You won't get anything out of it, but you won't regret it. <laughs> and that matters. All right. That's it. Until next time. Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Ash, bye.